Peter went on the housetop to pray at the sixth hour. He became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they were making ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. There came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, But God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again to heaven. While Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the man which was sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house, and stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek thee. Rise, therefore, get you down, go with them. Don't doubt at all, for I have sent them. And on the morrow they came to Cornelius and Caesarea. And Cornelius waited for them, called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. Peter took him up and said, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in, and found many that were come together. I asked, therefore, can you send for me? And Cornelius said to him, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. Ninth hour I prayed my house, and a man stood before me in bright clothing, said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard. Your arms have had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore Joppa, call for Simon, who terminate Peter, lodge in the house of one Simon at Tana by the seaside, who, when he cometh, will speak with thee. We are all here, present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a faithful teacher of the Word of God for more than 60 years. In Acts chapter 10, verse 9, Luke changes focus to Peter, who is still in Joppa. And here we see God working at both ends of the spectrum, both with Cornelius and with Peter. The Lord has now to deal with Peter and his kosher upbringing with regards to foods and Gentiles. So a vision appears to Peter where he's confronted with God's view of foods and people. Peter learns to not call anyone common or unclean because God has cleansed them. Well, how? By means of the blood of the cross, reconciliation, not counting their trespasses against them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, God has made it peaceably possible for each and every one to come to him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. So have you believed in Jesus Christ for your forgiveness of sins? Well, let's open our Bibles and join Dr. Mitchell in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Good day, friends. We again come to you. We're studying together the book of Acts. 
And we're in chapter 10, where the gospel is going out to the Gentiles. You remember, in the first five chapters, the gospel goes to Israel. In chapter 8, going down to Samaria, to the Samaritans. In the same chapter, it goes down to a, to a proselyte, possibly a proselyte from Ethiopia. And in chapter 9, we had the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Now we come to chapter 10, where the gospel goes to the Gentiles. Mark the movement, the Jews, Samaritans, proselytes, now the Gentiles. In our last lesson, we were dealing with this man, Cornelius, a man who was a very wonderful fellow, soldier, very devout, a man who feared God with all his heart, and he, he was very generous with his gifts to, to the people, and he was a man of prayer, he was hungry for God. And allow me to say it again, wherever God finds a hungry heart, I don't care where the nation is or what the people are or who the person may be. God's going to meet that hunger. God's going to reach that heart in one way or another. Now, here we have Peter. We have already discussed this question of the vision to Cornelius. And again, again, allow me to remind you, the angel was not given the privilege of giving the gospel of the grace of God, of the love of God to Cornelius. Christ didn't die for angels. He died for you and for me. And having been redeemed, having been saved, those of us who love the Savior, we've got a tremendous responsibility to pass on the good news to somebody else. And sometimes God has to work on us before he can reach the others. As I said in our last lesson, God worked at both ends. In chapter 9, he worked on Saul of Tarsus and worked on Ananias. Here you have in this passage, God worked on Cornelius, and he worked on Peter. I confess he has a harder time with Peter than he had with Cornelius. Cornelius was open to anything God had for him. But Peter had prejudices, and that prejudice must be broken down. And uh, this man, this man Peter, must learn that God is not only the God of the Jews, but he's also the God of the Gentiles. And by the way, God knows where to find his people. Don't you forget that. You can't run away from God. He knows exactly where you are. And he told this man, Cornelius, you send down to, to a place called Joppa, find a man called Simon, and he's living with another fellow who's called Simon, but this Simon's a tanner. He lives by the seaside, and he'll give you words whereby you and your household shall be saved. And in both cases, the messengers balked, speaking of chapter 9 and chapter 10. Now, here you have God breaking down the wall of petition between Jew and Gentile. Allow me to read the story from verse 9 of chapter 10 of Acts. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, that is the city of Joppa, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. That would be at noon. That's one of the times the Jews used to pray, nine o'clock in the morning, High noon, three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Peter went on the housetop to pray at the sixth hour. He became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they were making ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air, there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord. 
I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again to heaven. While Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the man which was sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house, and stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek thee. Rise, therefore, get you down, go with them, nothing doubting, for I have sent them. As far as I'm going to go for a moment. I want you to mark how God has to deal with Peter. I'm repeating this. I want you to know there's no prejudice. God has to break down this terrible prejudice. Now, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, from 14 down through verse 18, you remember where Paul writes concerning this very fact that the Lord broke down the wall of petition between Jews and Gentiles. In verse 14, he is our peace who hath made both one, who? Jew and Gentile. And that at the cross he broke down the middle wall of addition between them. And he came and made peace, and then he preached peace. So Paul goes on to say, We are no longer strangers. We Gentiles are no longer strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So on. See, my what a task God had given to Peter to go down and bring in uncircumcised Gentiles. This must have been a terrific, terrific test for Peter. <laughs> go down to Gentiles, uncircumcised Gentiles. Peter has to learn a lesson. Under grace, there is no race superiority. I'm going to repeat that. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile in the purpose of God. And Peter has to learn this lesson. Peter has to be taught by God this lesson. That there's no race superiority. All barriers were broken down at the cross. It's true. Israel was a separated nation unto God. Remember Balaam back there in Numbers 22 and 23, where Balaam said to Balak, the king of Moab, they're a separate people, different to everybody else. Same thing, for example, in, in Matthew, about chapter 15, where the Syrophoenician woman, uh, where the disciples said to the Lord, send her away, she's a nuisance to us. She's the kind of a woman you'll never get rid of unless you meet her need. And the Lord's answer was, wait a minute. I can't take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. I'm sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see, she came on the wrong ground when she said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Gentiles have nothing in the son of David. And when he said, uh, I'm sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, she said, Help me, Lord. Now she's on a different ground, but she must learn something. And so he said, I can't take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. True, dog I am, but the dogs have got to be fed. Give me some crumbs. And the Lord just loved her, you know. He just said, Go home, your girl is already healed. And then he turned and said to the Jews, I haven't seen no such faith, no, not in all Israel. Oh, how the Lord loved to reach people who were in need, whether Jew or Gentile. Well, I'm trying to, I brought that up to reveal the fact that 
the Jews were separated from the Gentiles. Now, Peter has to be taught by God himself, whom God hath cleansed not to call common or unclean. You remember the story? I've just read it to you. Here was a sheet led down from heaven in which were four-footed beasts of the earth, quadrupeds, wild beasts, creeping things, fowl of the air. And a voice said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. <laughs> and Peter said, Not on your life, Lord. No, sir, I have never eaten anything that is come nor unclean. This was done three times. It took God three times to teach Peter one lesson, that there was no difference. As far as God's concerned, there's no difference between any nation, whether Jew or Gentile. He's broken down the middle wall of addition between them. That's what Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 3, you remember, where the Gentiles are fellow heirs with the Jews, of the inheritance in Christ. No difference whether Jew or Gentile. You know, I've oftentimes wondered if that little picture there, from verse 11 down, is in a picture of the church of Christ. Uh, he saw a sheet led down from heaven with all kinds of beasts in it, wild beasts, creeping things, fowl of the air, and it went back to heaven, and not one got out. And when you look at the church of Jesus Christ, the kind of people that God saves, what have you got? We've got wild beasts, creeping things, and butterflies of society, you name it, you name it. You, you take the number of people that you've led to the Savior, what kind are they? All kinds. Alcoholics, drug addicts, sinners, outcasts, good people, bad people, religious people, irreligious people, I don't care who they are. They belong, if they've taken the Lord Jesus Christ, they belong to Christ, they belong to the church of Christ, and not one of them is going to be lost. I want you to mark. It came from heaven. It went back to heaven, and none of these things, none of these creatures got out of it. Now you say, well, you're very fanciful about that. Well, maybe I, maybe I am. But when I look through the whole New Testament, in his, in his revelation of the church, the body of Christ, I'm reminded of Philippians 1, 6, where Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Or you take that passage in, in, uh, 2 Timothy 1.12, where Paul says, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Or you take in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able to save perfectly every one who comes unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Or take Jude verse 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. I'll tell you, my friend, and one could keep on quoting scripture concerning this matter. Even the Old Testament has the same truth. Take Ecclesiastes 3, what does it say? 3.14. I know that whatever God does, it's forever. No man can add to it and no man can take from it, and God doeth it that all might fear before him. God doesn't stop a work he doesn't finish. That's why Paul could say with great joy, I am persuaded. 
I quote from Romans 8, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I tell you, friend, no wonder you could say in the same passage, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Aren't you glad you've got a Savior like that? Aren't you glad for that? This sheet came down from heaven. And what was in it? Four-footed beasts, wild beasts, creeping things, fowl of the air. And when you speak in the Bible of fowl of the air, he's not talking about about uh, robins and uh, sparrows. He's talking about carrion. Tell you, my Christian friend, don't limit, don't underestimate the grace of God. When he got a hold of you, he knew all about you. Before you were ever saved, he knew all about you. He knows all about you right clean through to the end. He still loves you, still cares for you. I know some of you may be indifferent and cold. Maybe some of you are backslidden. Your fellowship with God is broken. Some of you are in misery. Some of you are full of doubt. Some of you don't know where you are. You're wishing you. Friend, listen. God allows us to get into circumstances in order for us to turn to Him. He is the answer to our problems. He's an all-sufficient Savior. I want you to know that. So when I read a passage like this, I can't help but think. It came from heaven. It went back to heaven. None of them got out. They belonged to heaven. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Not on your life, Lord. I'm a, I'm a good Orthodox Jew. I've eaten nothing. Always been cautious. But God had cleansed. Don't you dare call common or unclean. And God takes a, a rebel, a renegade, he takes a sinner, whoever it may be, and transforms him into his children. God always does a good job. The trouble is not with God. The trouble is with us. You know that? The trouble is with us. Because we don't believe God. We still want to get some credit for this business of being saved. Credit for our goodness. Credit for what you do, what you feel, what you experience. Some people have got certain experiences and they've become proud of it. It becomes a fleshly thing, a soulish thing. It's not spiritual, not spiritual. Now let's go on from there. Verse 19, right on down to verse 33. And I'm just going to briefly mention it. Peter obeyed. Verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek you. Rise, therefore, get you down, go with them. Don't doubt at all, for I have sent them. Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What is the cause? Why do you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous man, a just man, one that feareth God, and of the good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for you into his house, and to hear words from you. Then he called them in, lodged them. On the morrow, Peter went away with him. And remember, 
by what effect upon Peter? He took these Gentiles into his house, something he would never have done before. Oh, how God breaks down barriers when you really come to know the Savior and God loves all men. He still loves all men. He still wants to save all men. First Timothy chapter 2 says in verse 4, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So here you have dear Peter. Call them in and he lodged them. There's another marvelous thing. Talk about a transformation with Peter. And on the morrow, Peter went with, away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied them. And on the morrow, they came to Cornelius and to Caesarea. And Cornelius waited for them, and called together his kinsmen and their friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. Peter took him up and said, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know, it's an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, soon as I was sent for. I asked, therefore, for what intent you have come? Why do you send for me? And Cornelius said to him, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour. The ninth hour I prayed in my house, and a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard. Your arms have had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send there for Joppa. Call for Simon, whose sermon is Peter. Lodge in the house of one Simon at Tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, will speak with thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to you. You've well done that you are come. Now, therefore, notice this. We are all here, present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. You know, we got a good congregation here, haven't we? Huh? Everybody was present, and they were present before God, and they were there to hear God's Word. Have you got a congregation like that? When you meet Lord's Day morning, is everybody present? Do you come before God with a heart open to God? Do you come to hear God's Word? Or what do you go for? Meet somebody? For some social business? Oh, God grant to us these days assemblies of God's people who meet together in the presence of God to hear God's word. Not to show off, not to see a certain man or a certain woman, but to meet with God and hear God's word. I say, we have here a perfect congregation. It's wonderful, isn't it? You know, it's an amazing thing that God has done with Peter. And Cornelius to say, we're all here. I've got everybody in. I've called them all in, and we're here. Now you've come. We're present before God. We want to hear everything that God's commanded you to tell me. Oh, open hearts, open minds, no preconceived ideas. We just want to meet with God and hear what God has to say to us. Wouldn't you like to belong to a congregation like that? 
why don't you pray, Christian friend, for your pastor, for your teachers, for the Christian workers, for your assembly, for every member of it, that when you meet together, you meet in the presence of God. You meet with eyes and hearts and minds open. What for? To hear the Word of God, to receive the Word of God, to be taught the Word of God, to feed on the Word of God. My, what an assembly. You know, I, as you well know, many of you know, I, I, I travel a great deal. I have Bible conferences. And it, to me, you can come into an assembly of God's people and you're not there five minutes on the platform before you begin to be conscious. Here are people hungry for the Word of God. Here are people whose minds and hearts are open to the Word of God. And it becomes a very simple thing, very easy thing to minister the Word of God. Why? Open heart. Sometimes you come to an assembly that's cold, it's indifferent, their minds are on things of the world or their minds are on something else, and what happens? You miss something. You miss something. The Spirit of God doesn't have liberty. doesn't have the liberty it should have. He should have to give out the Word of God. So when you go to church next time, come before God, meet with these people, hearts, minds, ears open to hear, take in the Word of God. It might become real vessels for God to use with our present generation. And the Lord bless you today. For his name's sake. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast.